Can you hear the birds? Oh, there's some traffic to hear too. We are not in our usual location today here at Burning Tarot. I'm T and we are taking a wander through a certain part of the woods. Now do you hear the birds? Well, anyway, they're awfully cute. Because, you know, this time of year, they're just... A lot of little ones are just figuring out, here's how you fly. And here's how you fly almost right into my face while I am in the great cave of Golden Dome. Where we're doing some solstice festivities. And uh, one of you, dear listeners, your name might be Heidi has been lovely enough as to step into the dome with me today and we've had a wonderful talk and just as we did a couple years ago at this same place for solstice during the very first time we did this for burning tarot it was Heidi who pulled a card that would be our solstice to solstice guide card something that we return to as the podcast wends its way through the upcoming months. Oh, here comes the wind. I'm going to put the wind protector on this thing. Okay, hope that's working. And the wind is flickering through the aspens. These are young aspens and their leaves are going and they just look awesome in the sunshine. So yeah, back when we started this podcast, drawing a card and having a reading every week or so, at the beginning of COVID 2020, we had a big solstice ritual here at this half cave. And Heidi drew us that special card and it was the Empress, some of you will remember. Well, today, Heidi and I re-entered the half cave there's lots of ritual objects in there, and there's lots of little candles for nighttime. We won't leave them on too long because we don't want to dissuade the bats. So yeah, Heidi drew us a six of coins. So this is an energy for all of us to think about for this week and really focus on. But then also, it'll help guide us all the way through to winter solstice will keep coming back to some of the themes of the six of coins we're using uh cat black's golden tarot there are some other named golden tarot ducks i like the cat black one it's super cool and her first name is spelled with a k if you're trying to look it up so what do we have here we have a wealthy nobleman merchant type Oh, and here in our pathway, we have a, an orange speckled butterfly on a pine cone. How adorable. Hi, cutie. So yeah, back to the card. Um, this, uh, we'll call them a noble. You know, this nobleman is dripping coins out of his hands. And these hands are, these hands? The hands are, no, coins are coming out of the hands. Those coins are being gathered up by waiting beggars. And it's an interesting power dynamic because you've got somebody presumed beggar 
in the lower left of the card, another one on the lower right. And so they're like on the ground and they're looking up at the great nobleman or merchant or whomever, the rich dude who's got the coins and who is pouring some out for the figure on the left. Off in the background, there is a castle. So these transactions, this transaction is happening um, far away from the protection of the castle, also the busyness of the castle. These three are having some kind of transaction involving wealth, involving the element of earth, involving their material presence on this earth. They're doing that um, out on their own, out on the outskirts of civilization. They're not doing it right in the middle of everything. And I'm going to pause there and we'll come back and read this card some more when I return to the cave. Right now I'm on a path. And um, yeah, so I'll be back in a second. Heavens to Murgatroyd, I'm back. So we were talking about the six of coins. We were talking about those beautiful aspens. I'm now at a different part of this area. You can hear those cars in the background, but it's near a gorgeous little stream. And a lot of young aspens are coming in here. And you know, their leaves look like coins and have been compared to coins uh, by writers and such. Whoever it is that goes around comparing things to things. That sounds like poets. Um, so it seems like an appropriate place for contemplating our six coins. While the little coin-shaped leaves are flickering in the trees, the big aspens are kind of dying out, and these nice little ones are popping up to take their place. So that's sad if you like the big old aspens, which I do. But it's also life, life with its droughts, life with its changes. You might hear the water, we're getting closer to the stream. And things move, things change. Sometimes with the earth element, we get in a place of not wanting the change. We get in a place of resisting movement. We get in a place of habit. Oh, I think this forest service has been here making a little falls. Interesting. It's some rocks. It sounds lovely. Hello, lovely stream. So we get in a place of resisting change. This happens. Uh, if you're a Taurus, and I am, then you know how fixed earth can really be. It can get really stuck in a rut. And our six of coins comes in and says, things have to move and change. We are part of a never-ending series of transactions and transformations. And part of our job as little humans running around doing human stuff is to figure out when we actively engage with these changes and how we can change with them, how we can move with them. 
And, you know, you've heard me rant about this before here on Burning Terrible Land. It doesn't have to be about our force of will, right? Like, there's a lot of importance that gets placed in our culture on setting a goal and then achieving the goal. Having your will, deciding what you want, trying to get it. That's how a lot of people do magic. Setting your intention on the new moon, expecting some kind of fruition for the full moon. Sometimes these are fine practices and sometimes we get stuck in them. Uh, And sometimes, ironically, that's where we get stuck with our coins energy because we're so determined to meet some goal that we've come up with that we can't just kind of go with whatever is flowing naturally. We can't just say, oh, look at the aspen leaves. Let's enjoy the new young aspens. We're fixated on the old dying ones, just as an example. Um, Or as I was saying to a friend earlier with the six of coins, it might be that you're... um, you're saving up all your money to put about put down a gosh I can't even speak put down a down payment that's why I can't say it it's not a good sentence you're saving up for a down payment on a house for example and what if you just don't spend money on anything else you're just only going to work and then going to extra work to save more money and putting all the money in the bank for the down payment and you're not going to have any vacations you're never ever going to go out to eat and that's your life for three years at some point you might draw the six of coins and the six of coins might be saying whoa this this thing we call wealth this encapsulation of materialism it needs to be moving like this stream that we're next to here It needs to be in transaction, in interaction. So when you see this this six of coins, we've got this weird power structure where you've got two guys on the bottom, one guy standing up, makes a triangle shape. Top of the triangle, top of the pyramid guy gets to hand money down, but he has to do it. This is all happening outside of the castle. The castle where all the hustle and bustle are, the castle where this nobleman's um, protection, his guardians or soldiers might be. The castle, uh, which is a fortress against outsiders. This is happening on the fringes of things. He's taking gold coins out and giving them to someone else. In our culture, I think because it's such a transactional, consumer-oriented culture, it doesn't literally have to be manifested as uh, charity. It can just mean spending the stuff, but doing it in such a way that it is moving your material resources, what keeps you attached to this earth, and what you recognize as wealth, if you have any of that, could be actual coins. They get moving. Generosity is part of it. Even if, even if it's that kind of charity that people sometimes bristle at, they're like, Oh, that rich person thinks they can do whatever they want. Well, you know what? That's what this culture's like. That rich person probably can do whatever they want. And I would rather have them passing along some coinage to some good causes or some people who are in trouble than hoarding it all. And those of us who are not wealthy, you know, 
we have to give ourselves a break. When we pull this card, it's an indication that the money wants to flow. So if you need something, this is a very good time to ask for it. If you need a raise at work, ask for a raise. If you are your own boss, I know a lot of you are, well, give yourself a raise, you know, your next client, ask them for a little more money. Uh, so it's not a time to sit on what you have and refuse to allow anything to flow. I mean, I'm not saying, oh, go be ridiculous. Go take your your savings for your down payment and go buy a bunch of, you know, Bitcoin because Bitcoin is down or whatever. That's just, <laughs> I don't think that's very wise. Uh, I'm not saying go buy a, you know, $2,000 coat. But... It's a good time to recognize what you have, what we have, and how we could be passing it along. What good could our material resources go to if they were allowed to circulate? Circulate among charities, circulate among people, circulate in the economy. Well, hello, chipmunk. You're thirsty. This is a real chipmunk. They have the stripes over their eyes. You'll see a lot of golden mantles out here. No stripes. This is a real one. And it's very, very fast. Very cute. So um, I think this is an interesting card to draw for our, our guide card. For the whole six months, half a year, summer solstice through winter solstice. Something to come back to and consider. Are we letting the resources flow? Are we asking for what we need? Or just what we'd like? Are we willing to take our position in the possibly unfair pyramid of things where some people are on the top and have more and some people are on the bottom and have left? Are we willing to kind of take our spot in there in order to get some rewards or to give some rewards? Uh, If you're feeling miserly in general, which uh, I sometimes do out of fear, personally. Like, if I'm in a pandemic and I'm not sure where the groceries are going to come from, I'm going to be kind of paranoid about the money. If, um, you know, I I juggle multiple disabilities. If one of those is acting up, I'm going to clamp down and be like, no, we shouldn't go on vacation. Um, So that's one thing to notice, is if the money isn't flowing, if you're not getting what you need and you're not asking for what you need, if you're not allowing things to be bought, sold, and given, if you're feeling really tense about all this, how much of that is fear-based? It's a good thing to contemplate. Fear-based does not mean bad, incidentally. Fear is a very sensible feeling and emotion that we evolved to have to keep us relatively safe you know, and able to, you know, whatever, keep our species going. If we were all fearless all the time, uh, we wouldn't still be around. But we don't all have to be paranoid all the time either. And in our current cultural situation, there really is a lot of fear going on. Oh, I'm just stepping into the stream. It's so cold. It's snow melts coming down off the mountains. Lovely. And some of it's coming out of the ground. Ah. Oh, 
lovely. So I hope that this is of use to you guys for this week. Thinking about places where you can make material things flow and move, finding generosity. Um, and if you're not wealthy, of course, generosity can take many different forms. Though with the coins, uh, we do have a focus on things that are touchable, feelable, useful, resourceable, um, relative to the element of earth. So you can use literal coins to fulfill this need. And maybe it's just a good time to look at like, okay, where am I stuck and weird in my attitudes towards money? Like I've just um, elaborated that I'm aware that I go all feel, feel-based. <laughs> feel-based might be better. Fear-based um, when things get uh, difficult. So that's, you know, fear's not unreasonable, but, but sometimes maybe my responses to it are not really that reasonable. You know, in terms of how uptight I can be about money when I'm experiencing some kind of fear of, uh, of what happens to the body and the home, right? The coin's energy and its materialism can really speak to like, how's my house? How's my job? How's my health? How's my kid's health? You know, it can get really literal. It's not a bad thing. Um, but it's a nice thing to be aware of if that's really controlling us. And you know what? If we are lacking in generosity in certain ways, um, it's good to recognize it. It's good to say, huh, I have this comfortable little world that I'm trying to make for myself. And I just don't have the emotional or mental space or I can call that, I can't afford it, to um, help someone else out with that. Sometimes we really don't have that. And we certainly have a culture that encourages us to um, prioritize our own needs and set a lot of boundaries. But it's still worth looking at. Like, huh, what if I'm actually doing okay? And I'm in a position where I could help someone else out whether that's just a meal or donating to an organization or letting an unhoused family um, pull up their trailer and live in my yard for a month while they get on their feet. I'm not saying I'm going to do that, but some people might, and they might feel comfortable with that. Um, So it's a good time to, to be grateful also for what we have and to recognize that probably anybody who's able to listen to this podcast, you have more than someone else out there. If you even have the digital device to make this happen, if you have access to the internet, if you're in this relatively wealthy country, wealthy despite the wealth disparities that we have, you're, you know, you've got ears to hear, you've got something to be thankful for. So, Six of coins can also tell us, like, hey, let's, uh, let's look at what we have and recognize that we're not going to have it forever. The goal of having material stuff and money is not to have material stuff and money. It's to use it for our own good and sometimes for the greater good. So there's a sense of flow. And if you've been having a feeling of being blocked in your material life, so that could be money. That could be house. Uh, That could be body and health. 
Six of Coins kind of gives you permission to let some stuff flow and to look for where the flow could be. And since my feet and legs are now absolutely frozen, <laughs> turning bright red, I think I better get out of the stream and say goodbye. We'll come back to this Six of Coins for six months. But for today, it's just what we're going to contemplate for the week. I'm T. This is Burning Tarot out here in the lovely freezing cold stream. A big happy solstice to you all. And I'll post a couple pictures of our, um, our solstice uh, labyrinth event that we did. And our solstice half cave, the cave of Golden Dome. Um, so I hope you enjoy those. As always, I do love to hear from you. Burningtarot at gmail.com. Tell me in like two or three sentences, not super long. How did your solstice go? What do you think of the Six of Coins? How's your life going? And, and is Burning Tarot, uh, you know, are these readings intersecting with your life or helping out at all? Um, I'm also open to any, you know, comments, feedback. Um, you know, hey, please stop doing this on a podcast or please start doing this other thing. I'm very open to all that too. So there you go. Much love to y'all. I'm T. This is Burning Tarot. We are in the woods of Central Oregon, and I hope you have a lovely summer.